there. You're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host Kristen Edwards. Right where I've been for the past two years. Can you believe that? We did not realize when we launched our podcast that it was also going to be the beginning of a global pandemic. And I just always look back and think that was some crazy timing, right? Oh, it does sound kind of kind of weird when you think about it that way. Our projected audience definitely expanded as more families decided to dive into homeschooling. And with homeschoolers suddenly being stuck at home, there were a lot of moms looking for support as their regular support networks kind of were shaken up. So here we are now with season three. Some things in our world have changed, but we're still here on the first and third Thursdays ready to talk homeschool with all you listeners out there. And speaking of changes, we've mentioned that we switched podcast hosts for this season. So far, it seems like everyone's been able to find us with no problem. But please let us know if you can't find us on your favorite platform. Absolutely. We would hate to find out that you're having trouble hanging out with us. And while you're checking that we're on your favorite platform, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review if you're so inclined. Those are always so nice to see. Yes. Subscribing and leaving reviews is a great way to help other listeners find us and continue growing the community. You can also visit us on Etsy, where we've got lots of tea time planners, some cool only school swag to add to your cart. You can find us by searching for only schoolers, and we'll drop a link uh, in the show notes for you. If you just want to hang out with us, drop by Facebook or Instagram. You can find us at the only schoolers handle at both places. Pop on after you've listened to an episode. Let us know what you thought about it. We've always got episode quotes, related articles, just some funny memes maybe posted. Add your insights, and let's keep that conversation going. Also, if you have any ideas for our grab bag of topics, you can email us at onlyschoolers at gmail.com. And remember, we've got a fun little Only Schoolers grab bag of our own to send you if we pick your topic to talk about. Yes. So even if you think we might have discussed the topic already or briefly touched on it in another episode, go ahead and send it. We might have some fresh insights. We're always learning something new. We're also in the early stages of setting up a regular newsletter, so if you'd like to subscribe, stop by our OnlySchoolers.com website, and under the About tab, you will find the sign-up. And you can also leave a comment for this episode of the podcast. You were talking about fresh insights, and that got me kind of thinking, that's pretty much the whole nature of this homeschooling gig, isn't it? The constant learning and growing, understanding that we'll never know it all, and, and knowing that is half the fun. I mean, lifelong learning, that's where it's at. So that's the topic I grabbed out of the bag today, Gina, all the learning and growing that we do. But we're going to put a bit of a spin to it because we're always talking about seeing our kids grow and become more of themselves through this homeschool lifestyle. But I want to direct our attention to ourselves today, to all of us homeschool moms, dads, grandparents, whoever's running the show. If you're in charge of facilitating someone's education, I can almost guarantee that you've learned a few things about yourself in the process, and you've become more of who you are, whether you know it or not. I really love this idea because we don't often take the time to reflect on what this homeschool journey means to us. We're usually focused on counting hours, creating transcripts, ordering curriculum. We don't stop to think about how we've grown or changed or learned because of the focus we apply to our kids and their education. But think about Newton's third law of motion. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. What force and motion is applied to our lives as we set the educational force in motion for our kids? What reaction have we experienced in our life because of the action of homeschooling? I love that analogy because we are not just robotically teaching our kids never being affected by the act of homeschooling. 
we're experiencing it too. But I know I don't always stop to really think about what that means to my life or to me as a person. I love focusing on my kid. I really do. But lately, with that time dwindling for us, I've started getting kind of a bit introspective, I guess, kind of reflecting on what I've gained or even lost for myself. Ah, introspective indeed. I think as my homeschool time is getting short, like really short, um, I have no regrets. I mean, zero, none, nada about homeschooling Wyatt, but there have been trade-offs along the way. I mean, when I think about it, life is like this giant algebra equation and we're always tasked with keeping things balanced out. I grew up in the 70s and 80s, you know, and as girls were told that we could have it all and do it all, but we can't. We can't do everything. We can't have everything. We always have to make choices. And my choice was to take the road less traveled. But, you know, sometimes I wonder what life would have looked like had I stayed on the interstate, so to speak. Um, I had, you know, if I'd focused on career, if I'd gone on for the PhD way back when, all those different kinds of things. Um, But when I think of where I am now and how this experience of homeschooling has changed my outlook and my future goals, I get a little curious where I'll be at this time next year or the year after. Right. I mean, I've been seeing how you're taking on new projects. You're kind of reshaping your homeschool identity, your personal identity. I really, I'm starting to wonder what that's going to look like for me in a couple of years. So today, let's kind of look inward as we talk about homeschooling. There are three main questions I think that I've been pondering Um, I'm not saying that there's, there are questions to answer because finding the answer may be a lifelong odyssey, but let's open ourselves up to the reflection and the realization that homeschooling does change us. Right. I mean, what lessons did we learn? What growth did we experience? What new insights did we gain? How do our experiences as homeschooling parents affect us as the people that we are, or as parents, as educational facilitators and teachers? So Gina, since you're the short timer here, I'm going to let you go first. As you reflect back over nearly two decades of homeschooling, which doesn't feel possible, right? What main lesson do you think you've learned? Oh, it's totally weird to think of it as closing in on 20 years, but why it is 18. And as a homeschool parent, I never really distinguished between our life prior to school, formal school, And homeschooling, which for me simply means that I started keeping stuff in tubs and recording hours to satisfy our state law requirements. Uh, It was just kind of a gradual evolution. It's just as much homeschooling to teach a little person how to walk and use the toilet instead of diapers as it is to teach them cursive or multiplication or about the Egyptian pyramids or, or whatever. I mean, when you say it that way, it seems really simple. It's all just learning. Oh, exactly. There have been so many things I have learned, all kinds of factual things I never learned in school, but in a big picture way, it's the notion that things are always changing and evolving. The kids we are homeschooling today, well, that kid's not the same kid we were homeschooling tomorrow or next year. The teachers that we are today, not the teachers that we're going to be tomorrow. There's this idea that time is fleeting, so let today's troubles be enough for today because Something that might seem like such a huge issue right now in the moment may be a complete non-issue next month or next year. So I remember when Wyatt was really little, just learning how to talk, he went through this phase where he was always asking, where is Moses? Now, Moses was our basset hound that we had at the time. So where is Moses? Where is Moses? He'd ask people at the grocery store, where anywhere we went, where is Moses? <laughs> I bet that got some interesting responses in the cereal aisle. Don't you know it? Um, 
it seemed like it was this endless thing. For a while, I thought, you know, he's going to graduate high school and he's going to be saying, like, where is Moses? But one day that was just done. I have no idea when that day was. It came, it went, he's on to new things. But any time that I spent worrying about that was a complete waste of time. I mean, yeah, sure. Kids have problems. You can't wait everything out and hope for the best. If your kid is running 104 temperature, then you probably need to hustle your butt to the urgent care. But by the same token, not everything is an emergency and a huge problem to be solved. It's the the Julie Bogart, there are no educational emergencies. <laughs> the more I have been able to relax into homeschooling and not stress over so many small things, the better off. I've been. So can you tell I've always enjoyed the tale of Chicken Little? The sky is falling, the sky is falling. No, it's not. Take a breath. Chill your jets. What about you? (laughs) Well, the lesson that I learned, and it's one that I actually thought I was through learning, is this. I am pretty darn attached to the way that I do things. I like my way, but my kid is not attached to my way because she's not me. She is absolutely her own unique self. Ah, the audacity of the girl. Imagine that. I know, right? We've talked before about how when you have an only child, you kind of have this idea that you've got this little mini me. I mean, I am pouring everything I have into this one kid. So obviously she's going to turn out exactly like me, except not. September, she is artsy. She is analytical. She is deeply drawn to social justice issues. She thinks in pictures. I'm drawn to words. This notion that she is not you, I think it may be different for moms with boys and dads with girls. I always knew as a boy that he was different from me. But with moms and daughters and fathers and sons, I think that mini me can be really strong. So what do you think was the catalyst for learning your your lesson there? Probably math. (laughs) And we're going to see that that's a recurring theme with me. We have always done math together. And it became clear early on that she had this incredibly unique way of approaching a problem. She's always been really more attuned to that mathy part of her brain. And it's like she could see in her brain the answer in this totally different way. So her method of getting to that answer was very different than mine, which was pretty much by the book. And I'd be like, but you should do it this way. This is the way I did it. And she'd respond, but I got the right answer this way. So a little conflict, even though all the roads were leading to Rome. (laughs) Yeah, because while she's her own person, she does get her strong will from me. But I'll admit to being more than a little frustrated when she didn't want to take my road. I'm all like, but hey, look, my road is smooth. It's paved. It has marked lanes. It's the perfect road. Why don't you want to use my road? Answer, she's her own person on her own road. Our roads, they're going to intersect sometimes, but I had to learn to be okay with her going her own way, to not be so attached to my way. In the process, I've learned some uncomfortable things. I'm still more stubborn than I'd like to be. That's been a lifelong battle. I'm a tad bit of a control freak, and I'm just this side of impatient and judgmental, and those don't really sound like characteristics of a good homeschool mom, do they? Oh, but I think if we're honest, we're all vulnerable to those less than pretty characteristics. I mean, we just don't like to admit it. (laughs) For real. Here I am just admitting it on, on the episode, though. But learning those things about myself helped me become a better person and a better parent and a better teacher. 
I learned that despite my stubbornness or, or maybe because I was learning to acknowledge it, I'm actually getting very good at compromising and I, I'm good at it, which is essential in, in homeschooling. I've learned that it's not my way or the highway. She is just as committed to her way. And if I'm honest, sometimes it's a better way. In that respect, homeschooling can be so humbling. As a parent, I think it's sobering to accept that she will not just fall into line like a little robot. She's not going to do something just because it's the way that I do it. It was honestly a pretty flawed idea from the get-go, but it's, it's been a great learning experience for me. If I've done my job right, the result should be an incredible individual who can engage with the world on her own terms, with her own insights, with her own ideas. I just had to learn to let go of my way and get out of her way. Oh, it really is about giving up control. It's really the first step toward growth, um, which leads to the next question we kind of want to reflect on. What growth did we experience because of homeschooling? I've got some stories. Oh, do tell. Did you have any idea how astounded I was when I realized that nines multiplication thing, you know, the nine times two is 18 and eight and one equals nine and four times nine is 36 and three plus six equals nine thing. I mean, I guess I totally missed that day somewhere along the line. And like, did you know that the less than sign is kind of shaped like an L for less than? I mean, I missed that one during school. Homeschool, it always comes back to math, doesn't it? Oh, in so many ways. But math is your thing. So I'm going to sidestep into something that may sound a little weird. Growth for me came in, in an area that I wasn't expecting, which was creativity. Now, if you would have asked me, you know, am I artistically gifted? I mean, like, yeah, I play the piano well. I enjoy to sing. Um, but not artistic. I mean, I don't draw, I don't paint, I don't do art, things like that. And while I felt really competent as a nonfiction writer, you know, writing a, a thesis, writing articles, that kind of thing, writing stories, yeah, not so much. So I kind of first stuck my toe in the water back in the 1990s when Rich and I were doing our comic strip and comic book um, in the Davenport back then. But somehow, Writing strips and gags and short, short things, it just didn't seem like real writing. <laughs> Whatever that means, right? Yeah, I don't know. So many preconceptions. Um, when I took creative writing classes, I mean, it's like the folks I took classes from had this subtext that somehow writing wasn't hard work, that it was like this natural talent or something. And that's just totally poppycock because any kind of writing is hard work. You have to think the ideas through. You have to put them into words. You have to get them onto paper. You have to make sure that they make sense to somebody who doesn't live inside your own brain. And along the way, I had this idea. And Rich suggested, hey, why don't you just write a chapter book? So I did. And while that book didn't get published, it kind of got me started thinking of myself in a different way. Um, I also took up quilting. And I realized that textile art is also a part of art. It's about color and design and patterns and the repetition of those things. So like right now I'm in the final inches of the final border of a quilt I've been working on for several years now. It started with a, a pattern, but along the way I modified that idea. I made it uniquely my own design. There are literally thousands of pieces. They're all stitched together by hand and I'm hand quilting it. It's not watercolors, it's not sculpture, but it is its own type of art. And seeing myself as a creative person has really opened up what I can see for my future. I don't know if I would have done any of this had we not opted for homeschooling. 
because as we talked about in the very first episode of this, this year, failing to succeed, failing in order to succeed is a real thing. Um, because I have worked so hard to turn failure into a no big thing or just a bump in the road to success for Wyatt. I've also been teaching myself those exact same, same things. You know, you really never stop learning. You never stop growing and you're doing it right alongside your kid. That's the magic of homeschooling. Now, give me your math odyssey, because in so many ways, I know your math story is also my math story. Oh, math. So like you said, growth for me came into the area that I had long abandoned as impossible for me. I don't have a math brain. Math, my nemesis. I hear you and I feel you. I mean, I think a lot of adults are scarred, myself included, from their high school math experience. It's just such a common bugaboo, especially for homeschool parents. It is probably the number one thing that I hear when people say, oh, I could never homeschool. I'm no good at math. Well, neither am I. I walked into homeschooling knowing that math was not my strong suit. I figured, though, that I could definitely handle elementary math, which was where we were when we started. And I would just, you know, cross those other math bridges when we got to them. So what do you think helped you grow? Time. I think math was challenging for me in high school because I never felt like I had time to really nail down the concepts and practice them. But that's the whole point of homeschooling. You take all the time you need to master any concept. Oh, and we say it all the time. Everything needs time to grow. Flowers and especially when it comes time for math. Oh, yes. I had absolute knots in my stomach when we got to the pre-algebra bridge. Because here's my embarrassing story. I was placed in algebra in eighth grade, but basically I was failing it by mid-semester, probably by the end of the middle of the first quarter even. Now keep in mind, I was a straight-A student up to that time. I had an identity that was intensely connected to being a stellar student. But when it came to algebra, I just could not grasp those concepts quickly enough. And the teacher, she just had to keep moving on, right? You can't stop and slow down for one person. So the overwhelm eventually became so intense that nothing was sinking in. So finally, it was suggested that I drop algebra in eighth grade and take pre-algebra instead. And I know looking back, a great decision, but at the time, I felt like an absolute failure. I was so ashamed. I hated, I can still remember how much I hated that first day of walking into that pre-algebra class because I just imagined that there was this giant neon sign flashing on my forehead, loser, idiot, stupid. And you're none of those things, nor is any kid who needs time to master something. You know, I know that now, but I think I carried that experience with me for a very long time. Honestly, probably still carrying that experience with me. And it definitely shaped me in fundamental ways that I'm probably going to always have to deal with. And that's sort of this math ghost, you know, of public school that was hanging over my shoulder when September got to pre-algebra. And to make matters worse, because she's good at math, she was approaching it a year earlier than my spectacular failure. I mean, math just came easier for her, so that's where she was ready. And I thought, okay, here it is. Here's where she sees that I'm just this giant fraud who has no business teaching her because I don't really know anything. But as we started look, working through the lessons, I realized, hey, wait a minute, I can do this. The numbers didn't seem scary, and mixing them with letters, it didn't strike terror like it used to. And why? 
it was time. We took time to really understand everything before we moved on. I grew really confident in my ability to learn these concepts and to apply them correctly. And that confidence, it just started spilling over into other areas too. Like I'm thinking, okay, if I have time to grow into my math ability and it turns out that I'm actually pretty good at math, what could I continue to grow into myself? How can I grow out of my comfort zone? What other things do I think I'm no good at, but maybe I just need time to, to master them? Because honestly, I feel like if I can do math, I can do anything. Like I said, your math story is my math story. It's so true. And it's such major growth. And I like how the growth brought insight for you because that's actually the last question we're going to tackle today. What new insights have we gained through homeschooling? So I'll give you a little bit of a break for you to recover, confessing your math story, and I'll go first. <laughs> Oh, for real. I mean, honestly, I still hate talking about it, even though it has a great ending. But yes, seriously, distract me. What insights did you gain? Okay, I'm a real nuts and bolts kind of gal. I am really good at details and specific stuff. In the analogy of can't see the forest for the trees, I am Mrs. Tree. But with homeschooling a kid, it's all about balancing out the little pictures with the big picture. The what is it that we're trying to accomplish here sort of thing. So it was easy for me to think, okay, he needs to be able to spell these three letter words or name all 50 states, or he needs to know the difference between, you know, nouns and pronouns or adjectives and adverbs, that kind of thing. But as we became progressively more unschooly in our approach to homeschooling, I realized that the big picture was way more important than any of my specifics and details. The big picture was for him to be able to read and write and communicate with other people. The big picture was for him to be able to understand math so he could accomplish the tasks that he set out for himself. Big picture is an understanding of history and how things came to be the way they are. For science, the big picture is to understand the way the world operates in a physics, chemistry, biology sort of way. But seeing that big picture made it a lot easier for me to unschool because I saw that where we were going, you know, toward that ultimate destination wasn't tied to a specific route to get there. The even bigger picture than that, even more than the unschooly way of life, it's been about fostering relationships with one another. And I realized that all of the information, all of the learning in the world, it is not worth a bag of beans if the relationship isn't working. And so I think unschooling made our relationship better. And I mean, I love it when he's out and about in town, he'll text me like a random picture of something he's doing. He'll ask, do you need me to stop and bring something home for you? So the biggest, biggest big picture is that relationships come first. Absolutely, yes. Relationships for the win. I think I've had a boatload, make that probably a yacht load, steamship load of insights over the past 10 years, but they all pretty much boil down to one main insight. Relationship is everything. I, we could probably just end right there on that absolute truth. Yes, I think we could. We should paint it on the walls. We should tattoo it on our arm, you know, whatever it takes to make it sink in. I've done those Myers-Briggs, the Enneagrams, you know, all those personality test things, and they all come back the same. I value independence. I'm organized. I'm detailed. I'm dependable. I'm an analytical, critical thinker, all of which are very helpful traits for homeschooling but they maybe don't allow much space for being human or dealing with the human that I'm learning alongside. 
pesky little humans, all that required interaction. I know. So in my head, if I'm going to interact with her all the all day, then I'm going to go big. Basically, I thought with a little organization by me and, you know, some cooperation from her, I could successfully download all the world's knowledge into her little brain by the time she graduated. <laughs> so, you're, so you're back to your little mini me rope, little, little robot, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But you know what happens when I make homeschooling about me and my goals? The relationship suffers. We both began hating what we were doing and wondering why we were doing it at all. You know, there's tears, there's gnashing of teeth, there's hiding in the bedroom. That was just me. I don't even know what she was doing. But ultimately, the important thing is kind of like your tree forest thing. It's not what she's learning. The important thing is that she learns, you know, like your big picture insight. We both learn there are always new things to be curious about. And we're not going to be curious about the same things, but we're always going to support each other in, in our quest for curiosity. And honestly, you know, there's nothing sweeter than a text from your teen. I totally got all the feels when you were talking about Wyatt texting you because that's, that's what we want. I love, I love that experience and I love that I'm having it with her. The relationship comes first. And that, to me, that insight was such an epiphany. It helped me to stop. I slowed down. I closed some doors. I opened other windows. Homeschooling became less about school and more about connecting. Because when this whole audacious homeschooling journey is over, I will so much more value the time that we had together, the relationship that we share. It's going to be much more to me than any perfect transcript that we might end up with. I can absolutely not express how much I love this kid of mine and how much I enjoyed this time with her. So if that means that our homeschool looks nothing like traditional school, hey, that's great. Because our focus is relationship. When your child feels loved and they feel supported and they feel encouraged, there is nothing that they cannot do. And the same thing is true for adults, particularly homeschooling parent adults. There is nothing you can't do when you feel loved, supported, and encouraged, which is why we're here. So has anything that we talked about today got you reflecting on how homeschooling has affected you? You can leave us a message on the podcast now. Let us know. What lessons have you learned along the way? Have you grown? How have you grown? What insights have you uncovered about yourself? Even the ugly ones, they're, the, they're where you find the growth. Because remember, in homeschool, we're all learning. It's not just the kids. Hop onto Facebook, Instagram, continue the conversation. You can find us at our handle, Only Schoolers in both places. If email's your thing, and if you want to keep more private about your growth, that's great too. Send us a line at onlyschoolers at gmail.com. And don't forget to send in an idea for the grab bag. What would you like to hear us talk about? I promise you the Only Schoolers grab bag you'll receive if we pick your idea is fun. It really is. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting us financially. There are monthly expenses associated with keeping everything up and running for you. So thanks so much for listening today. This was a great topic to pull out of the grab bag, and we hope you enjoyed this time of reflection and realization as much as we did. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another topic. So until then, keep on learning. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.